Good morning, everyone. God bless you, and we're glad you're here. There's a few people uh, here with us today uh, helping us with uh, this uh, podcast, and we're grateful for that. But grateful that Robert's here and uh, Miss Caroline for helping us get all this done. Miss Tracy's here. She's going to sing a song for us in just a few moments. Uh, so let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you have given us. Father, what a powerful blessing of grace and of mercy. Father, our lives are always the shadow of who you are and what you have done. And we just ask that you be with us here, uh, Lord, today for those of us that are gathered together in your house. And Father, we pray for those that will be listening to this today. Let the Hedgesville Baptist Church know that we love them, we're concerned about them, we're praying for them, Lord, we're here for them. And Lord God, that this message today and throughout the weeks until we can come back to gather together in this place, uh, Father Lord, we know that we can just spend this time and that Lord, that we do so in the grace and mercy of God. So Father, just be with the message, be with the hearts, be with the hope. We love you and we thank you and it's in Jesus name. Amen. So Miss Tracy's going to come at this time and sing a song for us. Sometimes I still try to take control Cause I get scared when I can't see the end And all you need from me is to let go
Amen. Thank you, Ms. Tracy. Uh, the message this morning is uh, continuing from the Discipleship Series. The title of the message is God's Plan, Our Life. Uh, this is part one. Uh, we will have part two next week, which will end at that point. Uh, but if you do not understand this first part, then you're not going to truly understand uh, part two. So we're excited about that. Uh, so the text this morning begins in the book of Exodus in chapter one, and we're going to walk through a, a just very quickly do an overview of a couple of the chapters, and then we're going to really start beginning to focus uh, on chapter three. Uh, what we're dealing with today and why we're doing what we're doing is the, the medical world calls this coronavirus a pandemic, which just means epidemic and it's over a large region. But what I see as a Christian, as a child of God, is simply this, is that it may be a pandemic, but it's actually an opportunity. Uh, we always need to find the reasons why uh, and how we can take something negative and find something positive out of it. Uh, and that's what this is. Uh, there are so many people living in fear today and the media is not helping it. Uh, we're feeding into this thing and I'm not saying it's not serious. It is very serious. Uh, but the thing of it is, is that so many people are living in fear. I've ran across them this week, as I'm sure many of you all have as well. Uh, people are posting things on social media. People were meeting out in the public uh, when we stay our uh, safe distance away from them. But you can see fear, you can see anxiety and all of these things. And we need as Christians to take a very definitive opportunity uh, in being able to witness to others about Jesus Christ and the peace and grace that he brings. So I want to give you a couple things before we get into the text this morning, as I often do. And I want to give you this quick statement. Humanity, for the most part, are situational people. Humanity is situational. They, their ideas, their perceptions, their thoughts, their uh, influences are typically uh, altered by situations. One moment uh, when everything's good, uh, the world in general uh, can look at things in a more positive way. And then when something negative happens in our life, then everything's wrong. And that's what I mean by situational. And so many people are like that. There's lost people are like that. Christians are like that as well. But the end of this statement is simply this, that on the other hand, uh, Christians are to be a prepared people. Christians are not supposed to respond to situations. We are to be prepared for every situation. So it doesn't matter if it's something that's a pandemic like what the world is dealing with today uh, or it's something that we're dealing with in our life. Uh, something good happens today. Something bad happens tomorrow. And how we view that and how we see that uh, should not be contingent upon uh, our particular point uh, of life and how we're living life and what we're going through at that time. Uh, as Christians, we are to be prepared. And that's what this message is about today. Today is part one, which is the call. Uh, next week will be part two, which is the plight, uh, which is, means pledge that we will see as we get deeper into the book of Exodus. Uh, but I do want to give you these couple points uh, here this morning, these statements, and I want everybody to listen to this. Every one of us here, uh, I want us to listen to this. Not everything that the Lord asks us to do is popular with us. Not everything the Lord asks us to do is popular with us. If we don't understand that, then we're never going to understand this uh, autobiography of uh, Moses 
uh, as we read through uh, several chapters through this uh, short series of this week and next week, uh, that you need to understand that God will be calling us and getting us out of our comfort zone. He will get us to a place where we're not feeling comfortable. He's going to get us in a place where we don't feel capable or able to do that. And that's what was going on with Moses. And if we don't understand that about Moses, when we get into chapter 6 and chapter 7, which will be next week, that we're not going to fully understand uh, how all this stuff came to be. So you have to understand the foundation of faith before you can understand what it is that uh, God is actually doing through us. Now, the last thing I want to say this morning is this, is ministry. Now, listen to this. This is not a pastoral point. This is a point for every Christian, whether you want to be used by God or not, whether you're willing to submit to God's call for your life or not, it doesn't matter. But ministry does not start and stop with one situation or one encounter. Now, this is where most of us as Christians, we go wrong. We think that when we are planning on going to talk to somebody or witness to somebody, or if we uh, are wearing something like a gospel t-shirt and we pass somebody in the store and they say, hey, I like your t-shirt. And we think, okay, well, my ministry has started and stopped with that one encounter. It has not. Ministry is something that is continuous and it is always and it is forever. Ministry for the Christian never starts and stops. It is something that is always done. This is why we understand that everything that we say, everything that we do, everywhere we go, every person that we come in contact with is that we are to be that personal representative of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what's going on uh, in, in the circumstances and situation. And I think for most of us, and I believe all of us will be honest that there are some days that we are just not ministry minded and then we encounter somebody that we may know or not know and somebody may ask us a question or somebody may make a statement in as we're passing by and then the Holy Spirit says wait a minute you need to tell them they're wrong and you need to interject the truth to them and we feel uncomfortable at that particular moment because our mind and our heart is not about ministry. And that, again, this is not a pastoral thing. This is not a ministry from the standpoint of the church. This is a ministry standpoint for every believer in Jesus Christ that we are always to find ourselves to be prepared and ready to give an account of our faith at any time. That's what the Apostle Paul said, that we need to be able to give uh, an account of our faith, to be able to stand firm on the faith, to be able to look at anybody, even on the worst of our days, even when we don't feel good, even when we're living in fear, even when things Things are just going wrong in our personal life, in our personal families, things at work aren't going well. It does not matter what's going on physically in the natural nature of the human life, but spiritually we are to be continuously prepared and ready to give an account of our faith. And this is where uh, the text is today, and this is what Moses was going through. And as we read this uh, text today, and as we go into the plight part two next week, we need to understand that that uh, the story of Moses and the story of the Exodus does not start in the book of Exodus. It begins in the book of Genesis as everything was brought to be. All the people that were put in place, the lives that were lived, the decisions that were made by other people had put Moses in the position where he was at. So we need to understand that because if we don't understand that the decisions that other people make have a direct impact on us, then we'll never understand what's going on in our life at that particular moment. So as we read in Genesis, 
Genesis, and we see that leads up to the beginning of this beautiful, again, autobiography of Moses, that we see the ending of it in the book of Revelation. So it's not just combined and it's not uh, bound together in the 40 chapters of the book of Exodus is that we see the beginning uh, at the beginning of the Bible. We see the end at the end of the word of God and Moses himself and his life. Now pay attention to this. Moses' life himself as he has written this is yet, even though it's something that happened thousands of years ago, it's still something that impacts us today. So his life then has an influence on our life today. This is why God give us the Bible. Now, as we get into this, as we see chapter one, we begin to see the oppression of Israel. So if you take the time in your own personal time and your own studies to go back to uh, Genesis and to be able to read the stories about Jacob and Joseph, and as it leads into the point of the book of Exodus and the life of Moses, we see the oppression of Israel, which was the reason why Moses was called anyway. Do you not understand that? many times in the gospel ministry the lord will put you with people because they're going through oppression there's things in their life they're suffering with there's spiritual uh, difficulties there's emotional difficulties there's physical difficulties in the ministry we are always dealing with people because people find themselves in different points of oppression and it doesn't matter what it is as we look into chapter two we see the preparation of moses we look at verses one to verses 10 you see the first 40 years of Moses' life how god had used that and at verse 11 down to verse 25, you begin to see the second 40 years of Moses' life. So we look at these timelines and we think, well, when can God use me? God uses me. God uses you all the time. There's not a particular point of, of your life that is found to be more predominant than the other. It's not when you start ministry. Now listen to this. It's not when you start ministry that everything comes together. Everything comes together before you. You was even born that is God had put people in your life he put your grandparents where they were at he put your parents where they were at and some people will say well well what if if my parents weren't my parents what if it were two other people we can sit around and what if all we want to and we can what if things to death but the understanding of this is is that those people that are constantly saying well if my life would have taken this turn or if my life would have been this way or if this person would have been in my life my life would have been different here's the here's the dynamic thing about personal ministry if God wanted those people and those circumstances in your life he would have put them in your life he didn't need you to live a life with these people he needed you to be indwelled in the people and the circumstances that you lived in so he doesn't want you worrying about what it should have been you need to be paying attention and follow the wills of God and what it actually is and that's where we, and you're going to see this with the message this morning, that's where Moses goes wrong. He worries so much about his own self. He worries about people. And we're going to see the different excuses that he's going to use. But we all understand that when God calls us to ministry, and whatever it is that God asks us to do, we have the abilities. And most of all, and listen to this, if you hear nothing else today, he has confidence in each of us when he asked us to do. That is one of the greatest misconceptions of gospel ministry. It doesn't matter what it is, is we worry so much about ourselves. We worry so much about public opinion. We worry about other people instead of focusing on, are we committed to fulfilling the perfect will 
of God. Because in the end, that's all that matters anyway. And that's what you're going to be judged by is what you've done for the Lord, not because of personal uh, people's personal opinions of you, of what they believe uh, in you or what they think about you. You should have done this better. I would have done it differently. And here's the thing. Most people, if they would have done it differently, they probably wouldn't have done it anyway, because that's why God asked you to do it, not them. Amen. Amen. Now, that's just the way it is. Now, I may seem a little bit blunt this morning, but that's okay. That's what God called me to do. All right, let's look at uh, uh, sorry Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to look at the call of Moses. We're going we're to look at first 15 verses this morning, so I'm going to kind of read through this kind of quickly this morning. Uh, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on exposition of the text here this morning. So uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Hor, which is another name for Mount Sinai. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will uh, now, pay attention to the text, he says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. He's turning away. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out unto him in the midst of the bush and said, and I love this, I love this part of the text, it means a lot to me personally, and it should to every one of us, and God said, Moses Moses. Now there is a point why God said Moses, Moses. Now I believe the first time God says this, and you'll understand when I say this, he says, Moses, I am the authority of God. He says it the second time, Moses, listen to me, I am God. And I, and that's the way that I view that. I've seen that in my own call in my own life, and I pray that you can see it in your own way. And at the end of verse four, he says, and he said, here am I. Now you notice how Moses, here's the, here's the voice of God. He's seen the presence of God in verse two. Uh, we see that, uh, in that in verse two and verse three. And in verse four, God speaks out. He cries out to, to Moses. He said, and then Moses responds and simply says, Lord, here am I. Now I believe in the gospel ministry, if we would all stop there and just say, Lord, here am I. And then let the Lord just say, I need you to go do this. It would be so much easier on all of us. Amen. It it would be so much easier if we would just say, Lord, here am I. What do you want me to do? But myself and many others, we haven't done that. And we don't do that. Why? Because it changes our life and we are a situational people. In verse 5, he says, and he said, draw nigh into hither. He says, put off your shoes as a point of reference, as a point of respect. He says, take off your shoes. A servant was at this time, and even the cultures today, servants will take off their shoes when they uh, approach their masters. And and here, uh, this is what God tells Moses, but this is is a respect issue of God, but this is a first basic learning tool for Moses because when he tells Moses, he says, take off your shoes. He says, son, you need to understand that your life is now changed. I am your master. You are my servant and you are to follow in basic obedience to me each and every day. So there's a great aspect of understanding in that verse there. He says, why? He's because the place that you are standing on is holy ground. Verse six, he says, moreover, he says, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, and of Moses, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Now here, as we we would love in the gospel ministry, we would love for the Lord to tell us what we're going to do. 
Well, that's the flesh side. We think that we want God telling us what we're going to do. But I believe that as much as we think that we want to know, that if we actually knew where God was going to lead us and how we was going to get there, we would run from God. We would be worse than Jonah. Uh, I can tell you that now. We, we would have Jonah syndrome times 12 because if God said, I'm going to put you on this pathway, this is the direction you're going, this is the people that you're going to meet, this is how they're going to treat you, this is what you're going to endure, this is the suffering of your heart this is the suffering of your mind this is how the ministry is going to affect your family this is how the ministry is going to wake you up at two o'clock in the morning crying because your burdens of your mind and your heart are so severe i don't know about you just even saying that i'm like i don't want to know i don't want to know where god's going to lead me i just have to know that god is going to be with me as i'm walking through that uh, he says, draw nigh hither and put off thy shoes. Verse seven, let's jump down. And he said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people, which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, which proves that here that God knows the sorrows of his people. And this is why ministry is so important. It should be to us. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And he says, Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. So now that God is telling Moses, he says, listen, he says, you chose to suffer with the Israelites. He says, so now you need to understand of how I'm going to use you to take away their suppression and their hurting. Now listen, brothers and sisters, this is exactly what we do in the gospel ministry. As the Lord leads us to the brethren, there are times when people need prayer. There's times when people need us to, to show concern. There's times when people just need us to show a little bit of compassion. There's times when people just need to know that we're taking just a couple minutes of our time to reach out to them. Now that through this, through this pandemic that we're dealing with, as I've encouraged many uh, in our church, our deacons and others, that we need to take this time because it means a lot to other people. Whether they're suffering the afflictions of of the flesh or just the afflictions of the mind and of the heart, we need to understand that we need to take time so when God is leading us to the brethren that he's not leading us there so we feel like it's a burden. God is leading us to people so we can be a blessing unto them. So take advantage of all these opportunities that we have to be able to be a blessing to the brethren. Verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and he says, I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Well, here was the here was the problem. Now, now Moses himself knows the Pharaoh. He knows the courts. He knows how everything does politically uh, uh, in the social life and all these things that are going on. God has given him that training. We saw that before uh, as as we studied the text in years gone by. We understand that God had him there. God was already training him. God was putting him in a place where he had the wisdom that he needed to be able to use it now. And Moses said unto God, he says, who am I that I should go unto the Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children uh, of Israel out of Egypt? Now, again, I believe this is a huge problem that we all deal with because 
God will ask us and say, listen, he says, I need you to go. And this is what I need you to do. And one of the first responses of the human mind and heart, unless you're just, now listen to me what I'm about to say. This is going to sound a little rude. So just, just listen to me. You are, and for those of us that when God calls us, it's not that we are supposed to just abandon the call before we submit to the call, but there's a difference in submitting to the call instead of walking into the call with an arrogant attitude, simply thinking, well, I can do it. Now, what I mean by that is, is that if we walk into a call, if we walk into a purpose with God and we are leaning on him and we are trusting him, then we will fulfill the call. We will completely from A to Z, we through the direction and the power and the persistence of the Holy Spirit in us, we will fulfill that call. But if we walk into the call with a point of arrogance, thinking, well, I'm, I'm righteous enough and God has called me, so I'm just going to do it because I know I can do it then even though you may complete the task, will you bring all points together? I would rather take two minutes and talk to somebody on the phone, ask them quickly, what is going on? Are you okay? Is there something I can do for you? And pray with them and be able to get off the phone in two minutes and be a blessing than I would to try to convince them of something and wind up being a hindrance or a burden to them. So what I'm simply saying is, is that when we minister to people, every circumstance is different. Every person is different. Everything that's going on is different. How you deal with things, I may not. How you deal with things, you may deal better than other people. And that's what's going on with the, the world today in this pandemic and even in the Christian community. There are so many Christians today or people that are calling themselves Christians that are walking around this world and they're freaking out and they're just so, so concerned about these things. And, and I'm again, I'm not saying that this pandemic is not serious it is it's very serious but what i'm saying is is that as christians we should be as bold as christ when he was carrying the cross up uh, uh, to mount calvary we should be and have the same bold confidence today facing this unknown pandemic as jesus christ did when he went to the cross he took the cross he carried the cross he had a purpose and a fulfillment that only he could do same way with you and I that when God calls us to minister to the saved or to the lost it is you that he is called because you are the one that has the wills the abilities the past the training and the understanding that only you are the one that can minister to that person at that particular time and this is where Moses is starting to go wrong. He simply says, well, who am I? Right. Who are you? Who are you to do anything for God? That's a quick question today for all of us. Who are we? Who am I to stand in this pulpit? Who am I to be to hold the title of pastor? Who am I to do any of these things? I am not worthy of this. I'm not able to do this. I'm not capable to do this. But because I have been enabled by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and my personal relationship in him, I can do everything. There's not one thing that God can call me and ask me to do that I cannot even feel within my own mind and my own hearts having the confidence of knowing that the task that has been set before me can and will be fulfilled because the power of sustaining grace of God indwells in me. All of us can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children out of Israel or out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. He said, It should be confidence in you. He says, You should know that I know that the task that I am about to set before you is capable and able to be fulfilled by you because I am with you. Amen. 
And this is simply what he's saying here. He's pouring this out. He says, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, he's already telling Moses, now, man, wouldn't this be great to have this today to know what's going to happen even at the end of this? He's telling Moses, he simply says, listen, he says, when you bring Israel out of Egypt. So he's already telling him, you're going to win. You're on the winning team. You have the ability. You're going to be at the winner's circle. He's already showing Moses this. And we think that, well, we need to know. Let me tell you what, in, in grace, in the time of grace that we live in, we just need to be obedient to God. Amen. And Moses said unto him, Behold, I will come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? Here again, Moses is already using the excuses. Verse 14, and he says, God said unto him, and if you look in the King James Version of the Bible, or at least in my Bible, it's all capital letters. He says, I am that I am. Now that's a pretty powerful statement even when it is reproduced with our mouths. Now pay attention to that. So many people say, well, what does that have to do with grace? How do I say today that, you know, I am, when I go to somebody in the presence and the purpose of Almighty God, what do I say to somebody under grace? March 22nd, 2020. How do I approach somebody? How do I walk into the authority of God and Jesus Christ? How do I enter into a conversation whether it's somebody I know or somebody that I don't know how do I enter into that we're here where God told Moses and he said you just tell them that I am that I am sent me amen how do we do that under grace we walk up to people with confidence and authority and listen to me we walk up to people with confidence and authority and we simply said the Lord Jesus Christ sent me to you and he give me a message to convey to you today does that make sense it takes the authority off of you, puts it on Jesus Christ is where it needs to be, and that will open their ears. Because listen to me, whether you think that person is ready to hear the message or not, that you have, that God has prepared and laid on your heart, it doesn't matter what you or I think. When God says go, when He says this is the person, this is the situation, God has already prepared that person to hear the message that you are conveying. So when you step in faith and when you reach out and you say the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me to you and this is the message that he wants me to give to you stop worrying about all the false prophets in the world because that's what many of the false prophets of this time and of today's time do we, we worry so much about people's opinion instead of just standing on the affirmed authority of Jesus Christ and saying that Jesus Christ sent me to you and that's how we do the same thing under grace. And he says, and he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Verse 15, as we conclude in this text. And he says, and God said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel. Now again, he's giving the words to say. The Holy Spirit does the same thing for us today. He says, the Lord God of your fathers. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, which Israel knew all these names, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. 
This is the confirmation of comfort that God is putting back into the minds and the hearts of those of Israel that may think that God has abandoned them, that may think that God doesn't care, that may think that it doesn't matter what it is that's going on in their life as they are situational, listen to me, as they are situational people at that moment only focusing on the problem and not the one that will bring the solution. You are the one, the intermediary that is stepping in and coming to them by the grace and the power of God through the confidence of His confidence in you and as you go to that individual person and as you convey that message whatever it may be to the lost it may be a gospel message to the saved it may be a message of encouragement it does not matter that here as we know the names of Abraham Isaac and of Jacob and as we believe and entrust as Moses as God was telling Moses to convey to Israel He says this is my name forever and this is my memorial unto all generations so here pay attention it's really quick this is very encouraging because here what he's saying is is he's telling Moses what you're going to do when you confront the children of Israel is not for those people at that time but it's for every generation that comes after amen sometimes we wonder how far does our ministry go and I'm telling you right now we're not going to know until we see Jesus to know how far our ministries go. The effects of what we say when the Lord God lays something on our heart to make a very quick statement to a stranger passing, uh, passing you in a, in a grocery store, or passing you at a pump, gas pump station, or if you're there pumping fuel and somebody pulls up and God asks you to take a gospel track and hand it to them, and you say, well, why am I giving it to them? Why all of a sudden are you worried about how it's going to turn out when every other time you don't care because you don't want to know? I mean, come on, let's really think about this because that's really true. We are situational people. We want to know when we feel like we need to know, but yet we don't want to know in other circumstances when we don't feel like we're able to do it. Or better yet, it's not because we can't do it. It's simply because we don't want to do it. Amen. Let's look at chapter four. Now we're going to look at Moses, uh, Moses' objections to the call of God. And we're just going to look at this. We're just going to, uh, there's about five verses here in chapter four, and we're going to conclude the message this morning. So, but we're looking at Moses' objection, looking at chapter four and simply verse one, then we're going to go to verse 10. And Moses answered and said, now realize when, <laughs> as this is being written, I can just imagine that how Moses is, is remembering and thinking back uh, uh, to these times when all these things are taking place. Uh, and as the old term says at hindsight's twenty twenty. and Moses answered and said, but behold, but behold. Now listen, the word but should not be used when we're talking to God. It should only be conveyed when God is speaking to us. Amen. I mean, we don't we don't call out to God and say, well, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And we all know that that's arrogance of the mind and of the heart. And that would actually even have to challenge your salvation is that, you know, are you so now listen to what I'm saying. Are you so arrogant to think that you can put can, you can put something on God? You can ask him for a favor before you do something for him. Then and, and the question, let me slow down for really quick. Let me just say this. You say, well, pastor, how can you say that? I'll tell you exactly why. Is that if you love the Lord thy God with all your mind, with all your heart, and all your soul, which means you are completely sold out to Him, then when He asked you to do something, it's your privilege and honor to do it, not that He has to do something else for us. 
before we first do something for Him. Amen? Which goes back to Mount Sinai when God first encountered Moses as we just read in, uh, here earlier in chapter 3 that when, when God said, take off your shoes and even go back before that when He said, Moses, Moses, when we look at all these things of our life that it is not a temporal moment, it is a time we should be, one, we should be begging God every day, Lord God, use me. And don't say, Lord God, use me this way. It's like, Lord God, use me. You want to grow as a Christian. Absolutely. We should all want to grow as Christians. How do you do that? Then you don't say, well, God, lead me to this person in, in, you know, in, in a place where I'm comfortable. So because I'm comfortable with a person, then I can be comfortable in the gospel. We need to be saying, Lord, send me to somebody that I don't know that will get me out of this complacent state of spirituality that I'm in that will put me into another level of maturity and growth that I can grow in God's grace and maturity of understanding that I cannot just be a blessing to those that I know, but I can be a blessing to all that I see. And this is what the conveyance of the heart is and should be. But he says here, and back to verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, but behold, there will not, they will not believe. Here's the next problem. Moses, what's the next word? Me. They will not believe me. He has totally forgotten about what God has told him here in verse 3. And you say, well, how's he forgotten? Well, he really hasn't forgotten. What he's done is misplaced the direction that God is giving him. Because let me, y'all know as well as I do, when God speaks to you, you know the authority, you know the power, you know the person, and you know the call. There's no denying that. He says, but they are not going to believe me. He says, nor will they hearken, nor will they listen to my voice. Remember what I said earlier? When you fall into the wills of God and you fall into the power and the persistence and the direction of God, you will fulfill the, fulfill the call. But when you start getting in the way because of your knowledge, because of your intelligence, because of your experience, you think that you can do it better than what God can do through you. This is the arrogance of that heart that I'll speak about a few moments ago right here in Moses because he said well they're not going to listen to me God didn't say go talk to them so they'll listen to you he said go tell them that I am sent me and this is the authority by which I come which is in him and Moses is already throwing those excuses out there he says, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. What does this mean? Remember when I said earlier that how do we approach people in the I am knowledge under grace is that we walk to people as, as God told Moses, you go say that I am sent me when we walk up to people today and we said, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me to tell you, to give you a message or to convey this message to you or to read this scripture to you or to tell you about him, whatever it is, he says that and you and I say, and I've done it many times times and that's a blessing to us and it's a blessing to the people because listen even though we're the messenger they don't want to hear the messenger they want to know where the message comes from so that's where we stand in that authority when we do what it is that God has asked us to do we stand in that authority and this is where Moses is beginning to go wrong quickly down in verse 10 he says and Moses said unto the Lord he says oh my Lord Oh my goodness gracious, I'd love to have a knowledge of understanding of how many times that Christians have said that very thing. Oh Lord, you don't understand. Oh Lord, you don't understand my circumstances. Oh Lord, you don't know. Oh Lord, I don't know this. Oh Lord, I can't recite that. Oh Lord, I can't do all these things. Listen, 
Y'all know the answer to that as well as I do. Amen. So let's move on. He says, I am not eloquent. Oh, pay attention. He stutters. So now he's falling upon the afflictions of what pay attention. Now he's falling upon what he perceives as an affliction of the flesh. But God says, listen, if I needed you to have a speech impediment that I've already given to you. And he says, if I knew that that was going to be something that was going to be counterproductive, through you, he says, do you think I would have actually given it to you in the first place? Now think of that. Maybe somebody that Moses was going to minister to that they had some type of physical ailment. Maybe it wasn't a speech impediment. Maybe it was a lame hand or a lame leg. Or maybe it was somebody that, that they had you know, a learning disability. Maybe it was somebody that just didn't have the exact same thing. Did you ever think that what you consider to be a burden can be an absolute blessing to somebody else? Did you really think about that? And so many times we try to use these excuses and we know that they're of no use uh, because if God didn't want us, He wouldn't have called us. He says, I am not eloquent, neither hither for. He says, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. He says, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Let me tell you what, sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes we need to be slow. And what I mean by that is, is sometimes we need to stop. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want everybody to listen to this very quickly and understand this this morning. God doesn't need you to impress people. He needs you to be in the will of God so you can impress upon people. There's a difference in trying to impress people with words, and there's a difference in trying to be a blessing by the conveyance of the message that's been placed in your heart. There's, those are two separate different things. And the Lord said unto him in verse 11, Who hath made man's mouth? Oh, I wish I had the time this morning, but I don't. Who hath made man's mouth? Or who uh, maketh the dumb or death or the sing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, now, it's just amazing that God even has to respond to Moses in this way. He's responding. He says, Moses, who is it that has created all of these, all of these physical, what we call limitations, he says, who has done this? And so many times we look in our own minds and our own hearts and we think, I can't because I don't have. Let me tell you what, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God is greater than Satan. God is greater than the circumstances of our life and our flesh. God is greater than everything. And we do not need to have God come back to us when we're in full obedience and saying, listen, I made you the way that you are, so you just be who I've made you to be. God shouldn't have to say that. God should speak into your heart and life and every one of us me included should be just saying just as Moses did earlier here am I Lord here am I what is it that you want how do you want me to convey this message what do you want me to do now therefore go and he says I will be with thy mouth and he says and I will teach thee what thou shalt say now one thing we need to understand about the word teach here is simply one thing when we think of teach we think of an instruction we think of prior knowledge we think of setting down and it's setting in a classroom and we're being educated we're being taught something but when you look at the greek understanding of the word teach in this text of exodus chapter 4 verse 12 the word teach simply means to flow as water to flow as water. What does that mean to Moses? He's saying, listen, son, I know you have a speech impediment. He says, because I gave it to you. I need you to have that at this time. He says, but because you think it's a limitation, you need to understand that I'm going to not only put the words in your mouth, you have to pay attention to the text. Now listen to this. He said, because people that would have speech impediment 
impediment, you understand, I'm talking too fast this morning because I'm excited now, and, and, and we understand that when, when people stutter, they can say a few words and then they typically stop, and then they can say another few words and then they typically stop. God says, listen, He says, I know what you think your physical limitations are. He says, but the spiritual abilities that I'm going to put in you when you stand before my people, when you stand before Pharaoh, which we'll see next week, He says that when you stand in front of who I put you in front of, my words will flow out of your mouth and will not be interrupted by what you think that they are. He says, you just listen to me and know that I'm going to use you. Amen. I've dealt with that. Many of us have dealt with that. We don't believe that we can. And I, don't be- I truly do not believe that we think that we can't. I really believe it's that. And I don't even really believe most of the time it's not that we don't want to. I believe that most of us in the prospect and the product of time and through the process of time, I think we look at it because in a way that we think our life is going to dramatically change. Well, God's going to call me into ministry or God's going to send me to a foreign country. God's going to do it. Let me know what you are going to change. And you want to know how you're going to change? You're going to grow in grace. That's how you're going to change. Stop thinking that your life itself is going to change. Stop thinking about geographic. Stop thinking, well, God's going to send you to Timbuktu. Stop thinking that God's going to send you to Africa or God's going to send you to, to Tanzania or God's going to send you here. God, Let me tell you what, stop worrying about ge- uh, geographics, about where you're living at and what you think God's going to do. Start thinking about the demographics of how you're going to grow in God's grace. And now we think that we're weak because we don't know, but the more that God exposes us, the more that God uses us, our faith and our grace in Him grows, and our desire to be in the Word of God grows with it. Verse 13. We're only going to verse 14 this morning. And He said, Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Now He's crying out. And we see how he's crying out here. He says, uh, oh, my Lord, he said, send, I pray thee by the hand of him who thou wilt send. What is he saying? Send somebody else. Don't send me. Send somebody else. How do we get past this? We have to understand that when we're walking in the full authority and the wills of God, that we are not limited by man, meaning ourselves. We are not limited by flesh, meaning ourselves. We are not limited by anything but the wills and the ways of God of what he impresses upon our mind and heart at that time. So he says, send somebody else. And then verse 14, now I'm going to conclude with this. And this is, we need to pay very specific attention to this. Because this is actually, and I know at some point in time for Moses it had to become a huge burden, and I know it did. And the anger of the Lord. And the anger of the Lord. Remember, God has given him direction. He's given him understanding. He's given him an understanding of future. He's given him an understanding of how it's going to take place. He's given him an understanding of how it's going to turn out. And all of these things, even the physical limitations of his flesh, he has confirmed by telling him that I am greater than your physical afflictions. He says here, as as Moses is continuously crying out to God and asking God to take it away from him, this call on his life, this direction in his life as he is just continuously saying God I can't I don't want to send somebody else the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he says is not Aaron the Levite thy brother I know that he can speak well 
And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Brothers and sisters, there's a time where God will finally say, I've had enough. There is a time when the cause of our life is given to us, whether it's a momentary thing of witnessing to our neighbor, whether it's a momentary thing of God asking us to teach a Sunday school class, if he's asking us to be a deacon, if he's asking us to be a trustee, if he's asking us to sing, if he's asking us to work in the sound booth, if he's asking us to clean the church, if he's asking us to mow the grass. And there's a point in time when God calls us to do the things that he wants us to do, but there can come a point because as much as we want to believe that the long suffering of God will always be forever that he will never say listen i've had enough but there is a sin into death there is a time where god will look at you and he will look at me and he will simply say i have had enough and every facet of your life will be touched by that indecision that you are making at that time. Because I'm telling you right now, the greatest punishment that you will live in your life from that point on is the punishment of going, I wish I would have. I wish I would have those five words that we will carry throughout a lifetime, even to the moment for most until their deathbed is because we will say, I wish I would have just trusted God. God should not have to get mad at us. God should not have to replace us. God should not have to do anything for us other than call you and us respond to him because there is a pain and a punishment that we will live with. With forever and that is the disability of our inability to follow the perfect wills of God and trust me brothers and sisters for many of us that have suffered with that in our life many of us still suffer today for decisions or indecisions of yesteryears but God simply under grace says stop worrying about what you didn't do and let's focus on the things that I want you to do now Learn from it. Moses at this point, and even up to the point of his death, still suffered with the stuttering of his heart. He focused on the flesh and he thought the flesh was the problem. The flesh wasn't the stuttering of his mouth. The, the suffering that he suffered the greatest with was the stuttering of his inability to follow the perfect will of God. I pray that none of us will ever feel that. And if there's any of us here in this room or listening today and we are suffering today in our hearts and we are suffering because we did not follow God's will earlier, whenever it was, days, weeks, months, years, brothers and sisters, we've got to let it go. We have to get past the inabilities of the past and we have to focus on the present abilities to fulfill God's will now and tomorrow and forever. That is what we need to be focusing on. The world calls it a pandemic. I call it a purpose. There's a purpose with this that's going on. And I know that many lives have been lost. 
But I believe with all of my heart that many souls can be saved if we would just start believing and living and following in the captivities of people's minds and hearts just as Israel did at this time. If we will follow the will of God and preach the gospel and teach the gospel and praise be glory to God that we will do nothing more than live the gospel every day. I believe that people will come to know Jesus Christ. That is... That is the point and the purpose. And we'll talk more about that next week. But that's the point and the purpose of the day. Stop focusing on what we think is burdening man. And let's start proclaiming what we know that will save man. And give them the gospel in word and in speech and in life. Whatever you need to do. Wherever you are, make that decision today. Trust in Jesus with all of your heart. Because he has that same calling for you. He trusts you with a call because of your heart. Father, we thank you for the short time that we spent together together today. Father, I thank you that you would help us as Christians to stay focused on the purpose of God and to do what it is that we need to do for you. Father, help us to stop being complacent about in, inabilities or, Lord, we don't think that we have the capabilities and we don't feel that we have the opportunities or maybe somebody would do it better as Moses thought. Send somebody else. Lord God, when we get the call, we are to be not complacent but compliant to you and your perfect will. Lord, I know that there's times when we confront people, whether we think that they're going to be uh, uh, rejecting the message. Lord God, help us to understand that they're not rejecting us. If they reject the gospel, if they reject the message of Jesus Christ, it's you that they are rejecting and it is you that can touch their hearts. It is the only thing that we can touch with men is the ears of their flesh. Father, I pray if there's one that hears this that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life and they, they think that, you know, how can I come to this point where I can have this faith and this confidence? Lord God, lead their hearts as the Spirit of God teaches and help them to understand that we are to repent of our sins. We're to ask Jesus to forgive us of all of our sins and we're to ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to our life to be our Lord and Savior, to lead us and guide us from this day to every day that leads to eternity and help us to have that faith help us to have that love and help us to have that understanding touch is only you can touch bless is only you can bless lead is only you can lead because father we thank you for all that you have given and lord jesus we love you and until the day that we see you help our minds and our hearts and our flesh to remain with thee and know that we can do everything for you in jesus name amen as I close, uh, I just want to let everybody know that we will be doing uh, a Wednesday night message uh, that will be posted sometime Wednesday evening, uh, whether it's First Peter, we'll continue in that, uh, or if the Lord leads me to another text, it doesn't matter, but we will be having uh, service uh, by podcast on Wednesday, uh, So, and I'll also be sending out some different messages, so make sure everybody, and tell everybody, uh, to be checking the church website, and I, I know it's been very, it's been a lot more active here in the last uh, few days, different people's reaching out and, and uh, trying to uh, hear and to see and to know, uh, and remember to always be a blessing to everybody, don't take your life for granted, uh, realize that your life is no longer your own and that our life is to be spent serving Jesus Christ by serving others. So God bless you. Hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you soon.